0: restart y'all ready for my uh questions that i've come up with
1: absolutely not two of
0: them two of them considered her involved javascript
1: oh christ i didn't study in college i'm not studying for your little questionnaire
0: it's really just like an opinionated questionnaire i guess like
1: oh good i disagree yeah, uh, that's what I
0: was hoping for. All right, so let's get started. So this first section, basically I heard this on a different podcast and uh, I kind of wanted to try it out because I, I like the idea of it. I'm going to give you all some like topics and like basically like a buzzword, I guess. And you can either say overrated, underrated, or just fine. Uh, and uh, I guess give like a small... Explanation. All right, you got the rules. That's complicated. All right, so the first one is contributing to open source. Justin, you first.
1: Overrated. No, I no. I I, I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, So,
0: like advice, like uh, people give like beginners and stuff a lot is contribute to open source. Okay. Overrated, underrated, or um, just fine?
1: I have to imagine it's pretty valuable. It's not something I've ever actually done. Um, But I can see all the benefits in exposing yourself to a significant audience of different programmers and different styles and different languages. So, I mean, yeah, it has to be, it has to be valuable.
0: So overrated, underrated, or just fine?
1: Just Let's say just fine by your voting system.
0: Okay. How about you, Jack?
1: I think as a advice
2: to beginners, I would say it's overrated. A lot of open source, I mean, all your pull requests would get rejected. I mean, your beginner level code is probably not up to snuff of what that maintainer wants. Um, but I think once you're beyond the beginner level, it's underrated. You should do it more often.
1: Ah, I like you, you that think it's answer. A, you think it's a bad thing to get rejected a bunch of times? I mean, that's def. You're definitely going to learn.
2: If you're trying to learn to code, I mean, you need to stay motivated. Um, just personally, I would have. I prefer working on my own stuff to learn. Kind of basic concepts, and then.
1: Uh, I feel like <laughs> if you're new, 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 like you are. You don't have the wherewithal to set up Git prepare, you know, pull down projects, attempt to make edits. Like, if you're that fresh, you're probably doing what you're doing, which is, you know, charting your own project, trying to learn the way, like, to learn the way of the road, so to speak.
2: I think if you find that you've plateaued, you need to go do something else. But if you're still trending upwards and that you're getting better, then I think just keep doing what you're doing, even if it's your own project. Okay.
0: On one of our, my mute. Oh, there we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's a little overrated. Um, I kind of liked what Jax was saying at the beginning. Uh, it's overrated for like new beginners. Um, but maybe a little underrated to just fine for people who actually have experience. But yeah. All right, next one. Uh, using GitHub as a portfolio. So. Again, more um, advice that's usually given to new beginners is go build a portfolio or start building projects and add them all to GitHub. Uh, Jack, we'll start with you on this one.
2: Um, I mean, the reality is I think it's underrated. I mean, I think 90% of like software development um, application sites will have you link your GitHub or your Bitbucket. And so as an individual, if you don't have like a, portfolio like that you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot but um well i guess that's all i'll say so it's it's rated just fine in that i think you do need one
1: yeah i don't i don't know if it could be overrated it's it's a bit like not putting a cover letter you know what i mean it's 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 like if you don't have some kind of proof that you know what you're talking about what are you what are you doing
2: What I don't like is that it's used as a filter. Like, if you're trying to apply somewhere, like, you won't even get an interview if you don't have something like that. Whereas, like, in in a lot of other professions, that kind of stuff doesn't exist. You just show your resume, and then you show up to the interview and you answer questions. So, this is like, in addition to a resume, it's another hurdle for programmers to jump over.
1: Yeah. I get that. It sucks. When you work on a lot, like, if you work on, let's say, most of your time is spent working on your physical work projects, and none of that code can exist in a public space, then yeah, your resume has to just be. And then when they ask questions, I mean, I can't imagine many people are flat out rejecting people for not having a GitHub linked. That would be absurd. You'd be losing out on a ton of talent. So if they yeah. are, you didn't want to work there anyways. They're 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 hiring wrong. Um, but if uh, but if you don't have one you better be able to back up every little bullet point you have on your resume with real strong facts. Yeah. And, and having GitHub, they kind of, you know, maybe, maybe 20% of everything you claim you can do exists in your GitHub. That's substantial. Or one project. I mean, if you have one website that you build in your free time, that's substantial.
0: Yeah. At first I was going to say, um, like very overrated, but then, uh, after hearing y'all talk about it, I think um, I think I might go along the lines of just fine. Just because I guess the reason why I would have said overrated at first was because I think there's a lot of garbage and noise out there on people's GitHubs. Like someone news up or forks a repository or news up a, a GitHub uh, repository just to follow along on a tutorial and it's really none of their code. It's just like, Following along with tutorial and.
1: That stuff should be private or it, in a. Like, uh... when
0: GitHub, you have to pay to have private repositories. Okay, so. But Bitbucket, yeah, you could, you could switch to Bitbucket and do that. And yeah. I think the problem is that advice should be um, followed by make sure you only put stuff on there that you've made a significant impact or piece of code on like written a piece of code on it
1: or be smart about the way you're naming your repositories that says <laughs> you know this stuff's important and this stuff is like a test suite
0: yeah I, I, was, I was i'm still really bad about that i tried like a couple months ago to go back to my github and bitbucket and clean up my repositories but it's so hard to like
1: it's gross it's tough yeah. Yeah. i end up deleting a bunch like i'll think these things are important and then i want to go clean up my github and i'm like okay i want to move this stuff around and i'm like Oh, it's not that important. Screw it. I just delete the repository.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, next one, standing desk.
1: Incredibly underrated. Unfathomably underrated. I don't have you one. Have one? Okay. I do not have one yet, and I am I'm desperate to get one. But Especially, you used one, I guess. I would, okay, let's put an asterisk on this. Incredibly underrated for someone like me who works from home, right? I spent mm. all my time at this desk, and I... Don't have to get up for much. I don't have to go walk. I can't walk to somebody else's room and talk to them or anything like that. So I spend all my time sitting here. So yeah, being able to like stand up, move all my stuff up and kind of stand there for a while, maybe an hour and then sit back down for an hour. I desperately want that.
0: Jack,
2: I've never had one. I feel like they're rated appropriately. I'd like to try one out, but I feel like it might suck after a very short time.
1: My only concern is cable management.
0: Yeah, it does get kind of uh, ugly. I guess it depends on on the type of standing desk you have like so the one I have is you you manually or it sits on top of a normal desk and you can pull it up and down so you can sit and stand. Yeah. The one like Dusty has the whole desk rises up and down, so which is better? Yeah, on Dusty's he he can his cable management's perfect because it kind of it hides along with the desk or goes with the desk whereas mine it kind of droops off the back of the stand thing. Mm-hmm. So it's I have a dev- I have like a an Android device like on top of my standing desk. So every time I lift it up, I have to be really careful that I don't pull it too hard or else the, the Android player will just fall off the back.
2: I think okay. buying a dedicated standing desk that you can move vertically is overrated compared to some wood, like a
0: box. <laughs> a box <laughs> oh, that you can put your computer on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to do that. It it worked fine. I mean, I liked it. Uh, okay, so next one. Uh, first language to learn. Well. Overrated. Maybe I wasn't really <laughs> thinking <laughs> this one through, but like. Um, I disagree. I'm the perfect. importance yeah. of starting with a specific language, insert language here. Overrated, underrated, does it matter?
1: It has to matter a little but I don't know how to, I don't know how to rank that in your system. It, it has, has to, to matter. matter a little. Yeah. It has to, which one you pick. We've had this conversation before, which one you pick favors the way you're going to code the rest of your career pretty heavily. Unless yeah. You so a I guess one for a year and then all of a sudden you switch to a job where you do something completely different for six years.
0: Yeah. The way you would, you would, uh, answer it depends on how you view the developer world sees the importance of a first language like do you think a lot of developers put a lot of emphasis on the first language that you learn or don't really care what the first language you learn is
1: i think everyone should suffer through c++ for their first language period because so then,
0: underrated uh, i think would be your answer
1: that's the answer or
0: maybe just fine
1: i think even if, if you're planning on well. The only people it's tough right there's so many avenues you can program you could be a web programmer your entire life and you never have to do anything but javascript and your life is so easy or you could be some kind of embedded programmer who is is literally sweating every single byte that they uh knew up for whatever they're writing so as far as like you know standard bachelor degree programming i think everybody should go through c
2: Yeah, I think exactly. learning a low-level language is underrated. Like, if you just start out high-level, you don't learn a lot of a lot of the whys to what you you're doing.
1: You don't think about the memory that you're allocating. You don't think about what a pointer and what a reference. You, like, you may not have to know what those are, but mm-hmm. but knowing what those are is significant in kind of your whole knowledge of what you're doing when you're writing software.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you should start with a low-level language, but learning one relatively early, I think, is good.
1: I, yeah. Well, I, I agree. So my, my first semester was Java. So for the first semester, it was Java, and everything seemed like it was super easy. And then, I think
0: that's lower language than most. I mean, it, it's obviously not a low-level language, but it's not a high-level la- Well, it's not.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like,
0: high-level language, depending on who you ask, but it's not one of the highest level
2: languages. Like, like if to me, the world's primary language is JavaScript, then yeah, Java would be
0: lower level. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. To, yeah. Learning it's like Java a medium level, even like though a,
0: people don't really say that. Or it's <laughs> like a it nice that.
1: introductory because it's like, oh, I can kind of read what most of this says. You know, yeah. like it's like that very English readable.
0: And C Sharp's basically a clone of Java. So really, they're both kind of like a just with different features and different
1: very much like, Oh, this is like showing, like kind of pulling the rug out from under you. It's like, Oh, this is how nice programming could be one day. Oh, but you're going to learn C++. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I would say it's mm, a little bit overrated, maybe depending on what group of developers you look at. I would say, again, my answers kind of changed from hearing y'all talk (laughs) the, uh, benefit of going last. That's kind of the point, um, though, yeah. Um uh, so my my view on this has changed to I think maybe you should take a few weeks to and learn like a, a higher level language like say JavaScript or even Python or some kind of scripting language. Get the basics of like control flow of like a of a programming language or kind of an overview of programming languages and then move to something A little bit lower language, lower level, like Java, C, Sharp, or C. So learn how to think logically and then learn. And then go in depth. Yeah, go in depth and learn a bigger or a lower level language. And that answer has come after listening to y'all. Before that,
2: thinking applies for every language. And I feel like just tackle that.
0: If you can't tackle that by itself,
2: that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: All right. So next one is uh, JavaScript.
2: Um, I'll go first. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's it's rated fine. I mean, there are a lot of um, libraries out there, and like you can run JavaScript anywhere. I think that's actually pretty cool. I think it gets a lot of hate that you can run like a, a web server using JavaScript with Node, and then run the web page with JavaScript using whatever front end framework you want. Um, It's good.
1: Yeah, I think the more interesting question would have been JavaScript frameworks, and then I would say I'd have a completely different answer.
0: I think that's a little bit further down the line.
1: JavaScript, as it is, fine. (laughs) Like, not. (laughs) Can it be overrated? I mean,
0: yeah. Well, so my answer was kind of overrated, and only kind of overrated because I think a lot of my Programming technology news comes or a lot of the people that put out or that have popular blogs or put out a lot of tech news and programming news tend to be web developers. So they're like JavaScript fanboys or insert JavaScript framework here fanboys and it to me it te- tends to be overrated and when they start talking about other programming Things like clean code and like uh, certain workflows and things like that, they tend to only think in JavaScript terms. And like, so that's why I think it's overrated. Yeah. All right. Next, uh, Node.js. It's kind of along the same lines, but just Node.js and specifically. Uh, I
1: know it's my turn to go first, but I feel like if I. I, can't, I feel like I can't really vote because I don't use Node.js even semi-regularly. So it's a bit difficult to say, oh, it's overrated when I don't know the honest answer to that question.
2: Yeah, I've never developed on Node and I've run it once to run a web app that somebody else made. It, it seemed to work fine.
1: I've seen it run. I've seen somebody else's project using it. Yeah. I, with absolutely no knowledge, it seems perfect.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. I think it's a little overrated, but um, probably along the same lines as JavaScript. Um, what is your experience with Node? Yeah, I when it was first coming out, like when it started gaining popularity and was like the new buzzword word, I did a lot of like Hello World apps and did some some mean apps, which was like the stack of choice at the time, where Mongo Express Angular and um, and Grunt, I think. No. I can't remember what oh uh, no! yeah node was the N. I don't know why I said something with a G, but uh
1: you say grunt. Yeah,
0: I was using grunt in that stack, but that's just a tool. Anyways, um yeah, I, I built some applications with it and uh I did like a freelance prototype with um that same stack with the mean stack and I feel like the the only benefit or the the two main benefits that people talk about is one being able to work with one language. So being able to do JavaScript on the back end. And the other one was event driven architecture, which I feel like the event driven architecture isn't really I don't know. I don't I don't see much of a of a benefit there because like a lot of um, a lot of other languages kind of on the back end at least have the same type of performance as yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I don't, I don't know enough about the, about Node.js to give a really good overrated, underrated, but I would still say overrated. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the next one is. Net core. Um,
2: overrated for now. Um, So I know it works on all these different operating systems, but there are better tools to work with on those operating systems. So I I guess if you know ahead of time that you're going to deploy as many places as possible, it's good. Um, But if you're not going to, then use the tool that's best for the job.
1: So native over? yeah cross-platform
2: yeah it's a nice tool to have
1: yeah i don't i kind of feel the same way a bit i guess a bit biased but also kind of the same way i felt about the node is that i only ever use only ever develop for windows don't have to concern myself with worrying about you know how it's going to perform on a mac or how it's going to perform in a you know a linux box or whatever what have you it doesn't matter i i yeah so I guess I'm... I'm it does it's also jobs.
0: somewhat in its infancy. Yeah, We're only like on version, on the second major version.
1: I would, My voting would be uh, occasionally infuriating when you're upgraded to it, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, perfectly fine.
2: Yeah, with the native stuff, like with .NET Framework or, or Python or whatever else that's native, I feel like the operating system will take care of those updates for you whereas .NET Core is like one of the few things I've noticed where you have to install the specific version you want.
0: Python? Don't you have to have the specific version that you wrote your code in, like 2 and 3? Yeah, it's either 2 or 3. Well, yeah, 2 or
2: 3, but...
0: (laughs) And then like Java on um, the Spring framework, whatever, there's different versions that you have to have that installed. You can't just... Okay. I think almost any language you have to... you have that headache. I think .NET Core just you have the headache, a bigger headache right now, just because it's in its infancy and there's a lot of
1: and because we're upgrading like,
0: issues, you know. But yeah, really
1: n- non .NET Core stuff. That's like that's where we're seeing problems.
0: Yeah, I think us three have probably a a really bubble bias hatred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on <laughs> <laughs> .NET Core. Um, but I would still say, for me, it's a little underrated, and I think both of y'all might think it's. I don't. I can't remember what you said, Justin. If you said it's just fine or under overrated, but I think y'all might think it's overrated just because we're in the .NET world and all we hear and see at work is .NET this and that. So you might think the rest of the world is using .NET or knows about, talks about, worries about the versioning and all that. But a lot of the rest of the developer community, I don't think, is that. Um,
1: Maybe they're not dealing so. I don't want to call it bleeding edge because I think that's a little bit of a incorrect term. But we're kind of every time there's a change or an upgrade, we're kind of having to go with the flow right now.
2: Yeah, it, it's bleeding edge. If you're an enterprise or maybe a yeah. shop the size of us, where we've got all these, you know, existing clients, you can't really mess up their stuff. But if you're like a one or two person shop, it seems
1: probably far probably enough wonderful. to wonderful. Yeah, it's probably super amazing if you're just um, getting started right now. That's, yeah,
0: I mean, if, if our only product was our one that we started with .NET Core, we wouldn't have as many problems as we do now. But yeah, I, I, since we have other projects that also have to work with .NET Core.
1: Well, the, on versions as old as XP.
0: Yeah, that too. So I think I, that's why we have. Anyways, well, I don't want to like go too far into these topics. These were kind of like a overrated, underrated but I've got another on. Thing go, about go go this. Check, um, go.
2: I think I read a headline recently that said .NET Framework four point eight is going to be the last version that gets published. Like I'm sure they might have um, minor releases, but if that's true, I feel like .NET Core would maybe take over the .NET Framework world. What
0: like was that? Would... Repeat that.
2: I think the .NET Core would supersede .NET Framework. Like existing apps would. Say oh yeah. .NET frameworks, frameworks like going
0: away. Like I saw an article today that .NET Frameworks dead. And
2: so when that happens, Core is going to be the go-to, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're starting a new project from the ground up right now, there's no good reason to start with .NET Framework. .NET Framework has, a, it has a more um, robustness and like. It's it's a, more robustness, I guess, is the better is the best way to describe it. But if you're starting a new project right now, you would want to start with .NET Core, not .NET Framework. And that's not to say .NET Framework is like completely dead as to where everything from now forward is not supported or not going to work. It just means new features and new. Um, basically new features and any kind of performance improvements aren't going to be added to the framework. They're going to be added to .NET Core. The majority of the developers at Microsoft are working on .NET Core and not the framework. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, .NET Framework's basically done. <laughs> Rip.
1: Bury it next to Silverlight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have more of these overrated, underrated, and just fine, but Looking at them now, uh, I'm going to skip over them and I'm going to go to the questions. I feel okay. like they're a little bit funner. Um, so this one is actually from a, let me share my screen so y'all can see it. Oh crap. All right, never mind, I'm not going to share my screen, please. <laughs> Twitter's being dumb. Uh, Sentleman tweeted out something about there's, in in the new Windows, there's a gaming mode and a presentation mode, basically to optimize the operating system for gaming mode and presentation mode. They like do stuff on the UI and um, do certain things to make presenting easier or immersive or gaming more immersive or more performant, um, etc.
2: So it stops downloading updates in the background, right?
0: I would hope so um, and so my question to y'all is if you could create a developer mode what would it be or what would it entail Jesus <laughs> if you don't know you, I mean these are these are meant to be kind of like quick question answers but if, if you don't know it's it's fine we can uh...
1: I feel like it depends on what I'm working on if I could de- if I could say I'm in developer mode but I'm working on a website I guess it could form a it could kind of go towards the um towards the presenter mode of sorts. But if I'm working on like a really heavy handed desktop application, give me the gaming mode so that I don't have to it's not a lot of lag in running the project or something. That's a tough question. I have no idea. Yeah, that's a tough question.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say like Jack jokingly said turn off all the updates on the background, turn off virus protection um, runs, uh, take me full screen, and give me a really cool control panel to where I can map all of the shortcuts that would normally do other things. Um, Like, for example, uh, trying to think of shortcuts on my computer. But basically, shortcuts that usually help you in other applications that isn't involved in writing code or being on the internet and stuff like that and searching stack overflow or whatnot, um, have all that so that I can reroute it to do developer shortcuts like in visual studio visual code or in Chrome even to switch around tabs, like make everything really easy to switch on the keyboard, turn off all the extra noise like processes and stuff that run in the background, like virus protection, all that. So that, the IDE and Chrome have the maximum amount of CPU and memory to use.
2: I would think something
0: just... So kind of like gaming mode.
2: Exactly. I would would think something just to reduce distractions, get rid of notifications, maybe get rid of some of your um, icons on the toolbar, or maybe have a developer mode toolbar that gets rid of like Steam and whatever
0: other non-developer items you have in your toolbar. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like only, like even, uh, that that's a pretty good idea. Like even in the start menu when it shows all your applications, only show the developer applications. Yeah. That's a good idea.
2: Just have an all alternate right. desktop.
0: Yeah, basically. Uh, so next one. What's the best source for learning new technology language or language or services?
1: For me, I feel like it's YouTube. I feel like I spend more time watching people go through tutorial videos. I can just yeah. lay in bed and just watch a tutorial, a couple tutorial videos, be like, oh, okay, I see the differences.
0: Yeah. Maybe I should frame that a different way. Yeah. Like what's your first what's your go-to place or resource whenever you are trying to learn a new technology or language? And I think Justin, I'm I'm with you. I I default to YouTube most of the time. I mean, I do a quick Google search if the first one or two results aren't amazing documentation, then I go to YouTube.
1: If I suddenly yeah. disconnect because the storms, about, a big storm is about to hit here. <laughs> Seriously. Oh.
2: I'd say YouTube is one of my primary sources. Um, so if you're reading a blog or something, they've got the code up there, but there's no guarantee that it actually worked. Um, if you're on YouTube and they're running the code, you know it worked. And I mean, sure. it couldn't work like due to typos or something. Yeah. Or they. Or it's a really crappy resource, and they just copied something.
1: I don't know all how right. many times I've googled like a tutorial and watched through and followed the the like steps in the tutorial, and then all the comments on the bottom are like, "Yeah, this doesn't compile," or "Yeah, this doesn't do this," yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, "You're like, what good is this tutorial?" But if you watch, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, at least when they pop it up, you're like, "Okay, well, he got it to work. So what am I doing wrong?"
0: Cool. Um, so. What is one learning resource you can't live without, excluding Google? So kind of along the same lines. I'll answer first, and basically mine probably would have been YouTube.
2: That's Google.
1: (laughs) It's
0: basically Google, right? It's like Google, Google, but for videos.
1: Everything's Google. Yeah. I mean, does Stack Overflow count if I'm Googling to get to Stack Overflow?
2: Duck, duck, go. Uh, I like the actual official documentation. A lot of the major languages and frameworks have really good documentation, and that helps me a lot. Yeah, any documentation with a search bar.
0: So not books.
2: What's a boo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Books have never helped.
0: uh so this one's a kind of. Different question. What's your go-to hosting solution? So like Azure, AWS, DigitalOcean, blah blah blah. Do you all have one? <laughs> I guess that's a better question.
1: I think every time I've had to do something, I've gone to Azure, but I don't think I've ever even thought about it.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not. I'm not sure why that even is. I mean, I used it in, for my grad degree, so that might be a little bit of a I've been Azure. Old. yeah.
2: I've only used DigitalOcean in the past.
1: What is DigitalOcean?
0: Yeah, I think I've, I've used I've used both of those, DigitalOcean and Azure.
2: DigitalOcean's documentation is actually really good. Like it, it helps you set up like web servers.
0: Yeah, and and they do everything like droplets that are kind of already. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're pretty cool. <laughs>
1: How the hell is this the first time I'm hearing of this? Of what? DigitalOcean. Oh, really? Yeah. Everybody uses this. Well, I'm late to the party on this one. I'll have to read about that later today.
0: All right. So uh, next one is, if you could only develop for one platform, what would it be? It kind of
2: depends on what your motivation is. If you're in it for the money. And only
0: big one. Well, <laughs> If you going forward with your career from like today till forever, what what would you pick? Web applications. Yeah,
1: the internet, right? Obviously.
0: The internet. (laughs) So web browsers from both of y'all? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If I I had to, if someone, you know, if I had to pick right now what I was doing the rest. I guess that was a dumb question. Yeah, at least if I do browser, I'm guaranteed to be in every avenue.
0: Yeah. Okay. Windows
1: desktop, man, for life. (laughs) Blackberry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pagers what is maybe this feature. one
0: might be a hard question to answer <laughs> a hard question to answer like on the spot like this but what is one tool you can't live without
2: didn't you already give us that one yeah kind of uh,
0: no that we'll one's the one a re- learning resource this would be like one tool like IntelliSense is a good one like, yeah like IntelliSense um Visual Studio, Visual Studio Code.
1: I could do without Visual Studio.
0: You could do without Visual Studio?
1: Oh my god, yes. Yeah, I could survive on Git with Visual Code and I would live forever. Or notepad plus plus for God's sake. Uh
2: I actually really like my laptop. I'm going to go with that one. All right, you don't get the internet. Hey, some people would code in, like, punch cards, right?
1: Yeah, 50 years ago. (laughs) People used to chisel. Yeah, and and all they could do is,
0: like, add and divide.
1: Yeah, with 67 note cards, you could get 1 plus 1. Yeah, I don't know. I, my 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 gut reaction was Intellisense, so I'm just gonna stick with that because why? All right.
0: Um, <laughs> what is the best OS for development and why? Maybe I should put this: What's your favorite OS for development and why? But I'm guessing both of you are gonna say Windows. Is that wrong?
1: Uh, and I count the Android as as a? You develop on
0: OS? On on Android?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. It's not really, like...
0: Yeah, what I mean by, like, OS is, like, Linux, Mac, like, Ubuntu, Mac, or um, Windows.
2: Ubuntu is my daily driver for most things.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed Ubuntu when I used it, to be honest.
0: Even before Visual Studio Code?
2: Well, you still had things like PyCharm and... um... What was the other one? Sublime. Mm.
1: uh, Yeah, I have to say Windows just because, uh, once again, I haven't developed for Mac yet.
0: Yeah, I'd say Windows, especially today when you can run Linux, like a headless Ubuntu on Windows without think, any performance hits. I
2: think if you're doing C Sharp, you've got to go Windows so you can get the proper Visual Studio, and you can create a new project, and it creates all those base files for you.
0: Yeah, if you're doing .NET, there's no reason not to do Windows unless you're doing other projects for other, using other frameworks.
2: So no, no Mac boys here?
0: Well, I have a Mac, and I love my Mac, but um, I don't think it was very
1: developer friendly not
0: for a dot net developer <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely it's developer friendly if you're just a web developer <laughs> or um maybe c++ and
2: apple probably doesn't want Java. you developing c sharp
0: well yeah
1: they want you to develop the like Objective-C. Although
0: now, this day and age, you, it's probably perfectly fine for a .NET developer now that you can run Visual Studio and .NET Core and all that. the only The only downside is you can't... I think you can actually program Windows desktop apps. It's just not the greatest experience right now. Alright, so the next one, next couple questions are kind of like flame war questions. Yes. But I thought it'd be fun. This is what we have been hoping for the whole time? Jack, okay. Well, Jack, you get to answer this one first. Tabs or spaces? Uh, four spaces. Four spaces? You jumped ahead. That was my second. <laughs> <laughs> it's tabs or spaces, not how many spaces. Spaces. Spaces? Yeah.
1: It has. So you
0: hit... The space bar every time you get go to the next line like in Python.
2: No, I hit tab and then my IDE will do four spaces. So you
0: tabs.
1: You're saying the tab button, but he has this reconfigured to put a tab to exactly four spaces. So tabs
0: insert spaces. Yes. Yes. The okay.
1: Space. I don't care what methodology you use to get there, but I don't want to hit space bar four times either. I just want to hit like you know Visual Studios. I have mine set up just to do. When I hit enter, four spaces, good to go.
2: Yeah, if I've got a tab three times, I'm I'm not doing twelve spaces. Yeah, you have to count them. So tabs. Yeah. <laughs> no.
0: But you just said you don't want to hit the space bar twelve times. <laughs> Whatever Justin said, you got it. Hit, yeah. Tabs four. insert spaces.
1: Yes. A tab that inserts four spaces. That's what I want. Exactly four spaces. Okay. I don't care how you get there.
0: I think I'm I'm on the same boat, except for tabs insert three spaces. How dare you! I can't remember. There, I think we have that somewhere. That's such a weird number. In an email at work, I don't remember if it's three or four spaces though.
1: It's four. And is it four? Keeps put, somebody keeps putting three everywhere, and it's.
0: <laughs>
1: it's I wonder nine... who it is. No, I, I don't know.
0: I. Because I remember back whenever that popped up of how many spaces is an indention. I remember setting my Visual Studio, but I've since then imaged my computer. So whatever Visual Studio defaults do, that's what my computer's at. Equals to three, I think. I know I haven't explicitly gone in there. So I've got to change it.
2: I've got a Flame War one. Go. After you've written your function, so let's say we're in JavaScript land, you've got function space, the name of the function. Do you put a space between the parentheses and the last letter of the name?
1: No.
0: Wait, repeat that function, space.
1: If you had method, open, close, parentheses. Yeah. Would you put method, space? Oh, no. Ew.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Because Visual Studio keeps doing it for me.
2: I don't know where this (laughs)
1: came from. You can turn it off.
0: Yeah, and there's a, well, depending on what Visual Studio, if you're on the latest one, there's a coding style section where you can, like, define all that stuff. Okay. Um. Way. yeah I thought at, at first I thought you were asking if like the if statement do you put a space after that before you do the bracket or this sp- the curly brace like, or the brace parenthesis, whatever the heck you want to call it <laughs> close parenthesis space
2: open bracket
0: what no oh yeah yeah that thing I was talking in between the if and the parenthesis and now that I think about it, I don't have a strong preference on this and I don't know what it defaults to. So whatever it defaults to that
1: For the if think. statement or for the method.
0: No, the if statement. Definitely okay. the method shouldn't have a space.
1: Yeah, I couldn't care less how the if statement looks, which is really which is really says a lot about the way I care about programming because I don't care how the if statement looks, but good god if the method has a space <laughs> in it, I think I'd lose my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my next one
0: actually is about an if st- well, not the question that I posed before, but this is a new question about if statements is one, a one line if statement. So you only do one thing after the if statement. No is brackets. it next line or same line?
1: It's next line and no brackets.
0: Next line. No, so Python style, no matter the language.
1: Yeah. If it's one thing, it's for me, if it's one thing, it's next line always. And it's, I don't ever put anything on the same line and no brackets. I only you know, yeah yeah cleaner Jack unless it's like a really small thing like if the ifs, if if what if I'm just saying return and that mm-hmm. is shorter than the if statement is in length, then I would put brackets just so it doesn't look so I might do that just so it doesn't look so weird, but otherwise
2: so you're saying on the first line it's if condition
1: mm-hmm.
2: line number two is what you're doing line number three is just a closed bracket
0: no yeah. brackets he's no saying brackets. no brackets oh. he's saying basically what python does like if statement what you're doing on the next line just and no that's
1: just no end if in c sharp so i just do if statement blah i guess i'm right. thinking javascript yeah no yeah In javascript you i see and that's weird too because in javascript i would put the open bracket on the same line as the if statement yeah and c sharp no brackets are ever on the same line as the things that they're defining it's totally preferential based on the language
0: Oh, I see what you're saying. Can you not do that in JavaScript? I can't remember. Like, put you, you can't have a... Care. You it can't have, have, have
1: a... a it care. It's just that's the, no, that's the standard for JavaScript is to put the brackets. No, I mean, like,
0: line. in C Sharp, how you can put, like, you're saying, a line right after the if statement. Can you do that in JavaScript? Like, without the brackets? Yeah,
2: you can do that. Um, for, I, don't I know. mean, for JavaScript, when you minify, it gets rid of all white space completely. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think there's so many options. I don't care.
0: So for me, I put it, I would say all one line if you're doing a return or throwing an exception. Like if if it's like a, if it's like a true one liner where it's like, if, like if you're doing validation, like if null or something, something's null, throw exception or if null return null or, or if some something blah return null or whatever, I would say all one line. But if you're going to the next line. I was always taught to do brackets just because if someone ever does have to change that line, they can screw up a lot of stuff by like, say someone wants to add a log statement to that. Yeah. If they add something above your, your, um, your code, it's going to compile fine, not throw any errors. However, your code that used to be executed right after that if statement is now going to be executed no matter what. The log statement's gonna be the only thing.
1: And they're gonna get a bug and they're gonna fix it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I think that's all I have. Anyone else have any questions that they've thought of while we've been doing this?
1: No, but I think I've realized a lot about the way that I program. <laughs> yeah, I write if I wrote the function. If I wrote a, a, a program in JavaScript and then wrote it in C sharp, the indentation and the syntax would be completely different between the two. Files. The indentation
0: one? Oh, are you talking about like on if statements and stuff? Or um, uh, on...
1: yeah, my bracket placement would be different. The way I define statements would be different, like in JavaScript. I would write. I would write. Oh well, yeah, because
0: JavaScript has like a. I mean, they have a coding convention. Like you put brackets on the same line as the if statement, whereas C sharp you don't. You put them on the next line. Same thing with Java. Java is kind of more on the same lines as JavaScript. I think. I think they do brackets on the same line.
1: But it makes no difference, right? I can do. I can write them identically.
0: I would argue it kind of does. Like when someone's looking at code and like. First part of the method, all the brackets are on the same line as the if statement, and the second part of the code, all the brackets are on the next line. That would drive me nuts, and I'd be like, I would like keep looking at both at both parts of the method and just be like, what is going on here? And like, wouldn't be able to read the code just because I was so distracted by the inconsistency. So, I think it does (laughs) (laughs) that kind of. I think consistency matter. Maybe I should put it that way. Consistency matters, not really. The placement of stuff, and I think consistent. consistency yeah. matters across languages. So, like, I don't mind putting the, the, um, the bracket on the same line as if statement if you're in a language where that's a convention, like JavaScript or Java, and like in PowerShell, which I th- I think PowerShell is one of the weirdest. Like, it has the worst operators. It's, well, it's convention. The way I've seen, it, at least, like the the standard is to put the the brackets on the same line as the if statement. Mm-hmm. But it's based on .NET. It's a Microsoft language. Where C sharp, you put the brackets on the next line. Like, why did they For differ Google so Power much?
1: Shell, like, did Microsoft write the original PowerShell, or did they purchase? Yeah,
0: Jeffrey it? Snover. Uh, he was he's like a Microsoft guy. He
1: he, he rebelled.
0: It. Huh?
2: He rebelled. <laughs>
0: yeah well there's there's no yeah. like there's no official um style guide for powershell and i don't know that i don't know if there's an official style guide for c sharp either there's like a accepted style guide like the way microsoft Microsoft writes its c sharp code is the way you should write your c sharp code i mean but i don't think there's an official yeah, there might be
2: inline comments. There's definitely
0: not one for PowerShell though.
1: Inline comments.
0: Inline comments. What was the question? Inline or what? Just inline comments versus comments on their own line.
1: Always on their own line. Always hundred percent. Yeah, of the
0: time. I think there's not a there's That's almost the no thing- reason to have them on.
1: That's the same thing as saying write the conclusion to your if statement on the same line. It's ugly and it doesn't make yeah. sense. It should be on the next line so that you can say. You're not looking at like an if statement. You're always looking right below to say, okay, what does this thing do? You rarely, unless you're writing like a, uh, you know, the question mark um, colon. I, can't, I don't know what that, um, I don't know what that. Uh, Elvis operator. No, 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 no. It's like a.
0: Ternary. Like
1: a, is it ternary? Whatever, yeah, the, whatever, whatever, the whatever question that, mark and colon. Yeah. So unless you're writing a ternary operation, which I guess you could argue could all be on one line. It should. Over- yeah. The, I mean, operation. the
0: whole point of that operator is to do one-liners.
1: it might have to be on one line of ternary.
0: No, you can do it on separate lines. Can you? Okay. Yeah, I think um, the only reason that should be on separate lines is if the variable cool. names or whatever you're valid, yeah. value, evaluating is bigger than the width of the screen or past a certain threshold. Yeah, agreed.
2: I've
0: got another one. Comments
2: above the function name or below the function name?
0: In C sharp world above in the summary in like the formatted summary thing. So that whenever you, you hover over the method from somewhere else where you can't see that code, it gives you that summary. Okay. But in Java and other languages, I have no idea. I don't know what the convention is.
1: Not even but I Python, would... do they write it below? What do they? Writes, what, no. What language writes it below?
2: I've started doing it below because I like minimizing stuff. And if I minimize it, I don't have to see those comments.
0: Well, in C sharp, it minimizes oh, you the comments. Yeah,
1: i write a summary.
0: Yeah, yes. I put the summary in the method now. Like NC sharp or Python.
2: Uh, JavaScript and Python is what I'm doing.
1: I need to look at my GitHub project for my Python and see where I wrote my comments, because if I wrote them below, I would be really upset with myself.
0: I feel like. At least in Visual Studio Code, if you collapse, like collapse everything, it collapsed the comments. So if the comments are above the method, it'll collapse that for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's the only reason I've done it
2: is so when I minimize stuff, I don't have to see five or six lines of comments that I don't want to scroll through anymore.
0: Yeah, I can see that, but I don't have a preference except for if you're writing in C sharp, it should most definitely be above for multiple reasons.
1: Yeah. No, in Python, Python, I, I, you do write them below the method. Like you Like if I had, if I had a definition for a method, The next line is three ticks and then blah 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 three ticks but that's the way python does their summaries right
0: yeah i mean there's certain tools that like expect comments like summaries to be in certain places like and that's why i said i think depending on the language and the tool that you're using because i think there's
2: powershell for sure i follow that format
0: yeah powershell i'm pretty sure is above yeah it's above yeah Yeah, because that it does um it grabs that documentation. Like if you, if you write certain things in the, it's kind of like the C sharp summaries. Like if you put it in a certain place, it kind of self documents or documents for you. Um, same thing with, I think Java, except for, I think there's a tool in Java where you can put it inside the method and it generates documentation for you.
1: Jack, I got a project I'm going to send you. You can download and take a look at. Minesweeper. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote all of minesweeper in Python for a, uh... For my final project in my python class i think it was written in python 3 so if you have that installed you can yeah i do you can play with it
0: python 2 or
2: three. three Three. <laughs> easy
1: or 3.5 easy clap Three,
2: 3 or 3.5 or six whatever it's at i think i want
1: yeah i think i wrote mine in three six Let's, let me check that all
0: right what's what's the uh yeah three six one what's two favorite features
1: of 3.6? Uh, if I remember there's a, the print statements were different.
0: Well,
2: in 3 they're different. Exactly. 3.6 specifically.
1: Oh, not, I don't I have no idea. Okay, yeah, three, since six three. specifically.
0: <laughs> two favorite features since 3.
2: Well, 3.6 specifically, I think they added some kind of variable annotation. So before you had annotation for Definition parameters. But now I think if you're... Within your method, if you're doing a variable assignment like x equals one, you could do, I think, something like x. You, you could annotate what what type x is. It's been a while since I used that, and it didn't actually work where I needed it to work, so I, I haven't done
0: that. Annotate it like documentation only, or like... Um... Like for developer documentation or like annotate, like it it's doesn't, going to validate for you. Type, but if you're like peeking into the,
2: the function from somewhere, it'll tell you what type you have okay. you're, it's expecting.
0: Will that work on like custom types, like a type you've Yes. created? Oh, hmm. like so if Googled, you create
2: a class.
1: I Googled the difference between Python 2 and Python 3. <laughs> and I was pick the first two. Are division operators where Python 3 actually does uh, um, decimal division so if you did 7 divided by 5 in Python 2 you get answer 1 in Python 3 you get 1.4 so you get the accurate answer and then the second one is print functions <laughs> so oh my god um, so I'm isn't back- that just
0: like the brackets like it yeah, doesn't have. A... oh my goodness
1: it adds the, the uh, parentheses in Python two,
0: it didn't. That that division thing was actually pretty funny because that's something that like bit me in the ass. Like I was writing some program and wrote a division somewhere. In
1: Python two.
0: Well, I was executing with Python two. I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't really know at the time. Like what the heck? I just use because on on uh, Mac Python two is installed automatically or like by default. So I was just using the built-in Python and then I wanted to use Python 3 features, so I upgraded to Python 3.
2: <laughs> I don't know if this was a feature in Python 2, but I'm a fan of list comprehension. Don't list comprehension? do
0: will
1: be using big words. The rest of us don't know So don't
2: let's know. say you have an array called items. You could do something in Python where you have four item in items. Uh-huh. Okay, hang on. I've, I've just forgotten everything. Um, yeah, here we go.
1: Oh, I see. Well, that's really cool.
2: It's like a one-line four yeah. statement.
1: Here, I'll put it in the chat. It's like uh, it's like calling an index, but writing a uh, like some kind of link-based expression to get that index of a list. Yeah, that's like the best way I can explain it. This is what it looks like.
2: Yeah, we're on the exact same page. Oh, cool. Um, But it's not the index. It's like a for each.
1: Oh, that's generating a list? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So for
2: I in old underscore list, I would be not the index. It would be something that's in that list. So it's like link. Yeah.
1: But that's native for just well, that's native. I
2: think link is easier to understand, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still staring at it. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's interesting that Python lets you What do is that. The
0: expression, it evaluates that before the for? What is what is the what is the result of the expression go? Is that the expression, is that like just some method that gets good?
1: It runs that on the i. Expression i for the i in the old list. So it has a list, and then it runs the expression on each i. And then it does some kind of weird filter also. You
2: could also do that. You don't need the expression.
0: Oh, but so with the expression, though, it runs the expression for each I in the list or for each thing in the list, old list.
1: That's what I'm understanding. Yeah.
0: Only if the filter is true. Oh, okay. I I think I get it now. Uh,
1: Oh, that's really Uh,
0: cool. That's kind of cool.
1: I can't believe Python allows that with how stingy they are about like, you know, their ends of expressions and their tech, ta- you know, and their,
0: um, so for me that, syntactic. that is way too much syntactic sugar.
1: Yeah. If somebody wrote that for real though, I'd be pretty pissed. to have to look at it and try to figure out what it does. Yeah. that's
0: yeah, It's hard. That is, uh, you would have to, I guess maybe because we're, cause it has like generic things like generic names. Yeah. Sure. Like maybe if you re- rewrite that with really good names, possibly it'd be cool.
1: Unless we're seeing it for the first time right now
0: yeah um that's like if somebody wrote a
1: ternary inside of a ternary and you, be, you would walk into their office and slap them out of their desk <laughs>
0: yeah there's yeah you shouldn't do that
1: hey so and so did you write this okay cool come here
2: <laughs> Maybe something like that does this make sense i think if your variables are named properly it's a lot more easy to understand
1: yeah, but it did like if you would put like you know some method that says eat that doesn't around, make more around, sense around the first fruit that that is equivalent to the one that i copy, right if i said this but right here i said like like this and those there yeah that's what i was gonna do or something that's equivalent to what to what the first one sent there
0: you go. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So, eat fruit yeah. for fruit in so fruit for, basket so if if is fruit red
1: in the fruit basket that is red. Eat it, is what that's saying. And then once you eat it, add it to the red fruit list. Which I don't know how. Well, that works so out. red fruit should be
0: named like the what you're assigning it to should probably be called eaten fruit or yeah, so yeah. fruit yeah, yeah. eaten.
1: Fruit cor- apple course is what it should be called. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you
0: don't know if the fruit's an apple. It could be. I don't know. Something else.
1: There you go, Jack. that GitHub link that I just shared. That's written. It's written
0: in Python 3. All right. Any more flame war questions or crazy? GitHub. or GitHub? Ooh. GitHub is definitely the more popular and if you, I would put, it's where you'd want to put your open source stuff for sure if you want other people to see it and contribute. GitHub. If you just want a cloud storage place, Bitbucket, because you get free private repositories.
1: Yeah, Bitbucket if you don't want anybody to see what you're working on.
0: Yeah. And not, and maybe not even just for secrecy, more for keeping the noise out. Like if you're trying to build a portfolio and you're just working on like a tutorial or something, Bitbucket's the way to go. So Linux
1: versus Windows, Mac versus PC, cloud versus local, blah, blah, blah.
0: What are you reading?
1: I'm just reading through a list of Programmer Flame Wars that they're not good. Fire monster or coffee? coffee? Coffee. <laughs> What's what wrong you, with you? But if, <laughs> the, with a, with an asterisk being, had you said NOS instead of Monster, I'd have chosen NOS all day. Really? Oh, yes.
0: I think awesome. I'm a Monster fan.
1: I'm a sucker for whatever the fake artificial flavor is they have in there. Blue. For the I, I, I love me some blue flavor. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think about websites like geeks for geeks or uh, Cody Val or top programmer or whatever, you know, insert, insert, you know, um, you know, like, like, are those,
0: I think I only know one of those, but are those competition or just training, like you training?
1: Yes, there are a little bit of Both. like, well, no, okay, well, Geeks Geeks for Geeks is kind of out. I would say is is kind of separate from the rest of the ones that I listed. But like, yeah, you know, Cody and 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 things like that are are like coding challenges um, that have like an easy, medium, hard difficulty. Matter of fact, going back to our question about someone who's a new programmer, that is the ultimate resource for somebody who's a new programmer, is go to Cody Val and start doing every single easy question that's on there with whatever language it is you want to do, and then move up to the mediums, and then move up to the hards. If you need, if you're if you're really wanting to work on projects, but you're really bad at thinking up new things to work on, that is the, where the money's at, right there.
0: That's a good starting point, like to get
1: 100% your feet wet. 100%. And you can and then
0: hopefully, eventually, videos. before you get too far into that, you'll come up with an idea and start to actually write a project
1: or you just i mean it tells you how well how fast it ran it tells you how well it did against everybody else who submitted and it tells you like how much memory it took like you can just learn and and improve just from being on that
0: yeah i've i've never i personally haven't really i mean i've i've done them like maybe like a few challenges on them but i got bored of them or <laughs> They're like too academic or some of them are kind of like too mundane well, at points.
1: You don't really want to do them. You don't want to do easier mediums and even some hards in a language that you're fluent in. Right. Like if I'm trying to learn, let's say, let's go back to C++. If I'm trying to learn C++, then I could do, you know, 40 easies and probably not write much of the same code twice and get a real good feel how I should be defining methods in C++. And then moving to a medium would actually cause me to have to write, you know, two methods or more that have some, you know, there's some fluid, uh, like some flow between them. So yeah, I wouldn't go do those in C sharp ever because I'd be bored out of my mind.
0: Right. Maybe that's I, where I messed up.
1: It's a bit similar to doing the code advent that we did for Christmas. Like oh, that of- was a
0: ton of fun. Yeah. yeah. I did that in like uh, PowerShell most of it. And that's where I, I think I got on the PowerShell bandwagon.
1: So you did it in a language that you don't use constantly mm-hmm. that's it if you want to try to learn a new language go do all go do all the easies or go do like 15 easies 15 mediums and then try to do a couple hards
0: so powershell overrated underrated are just fine
1: probably underrated i don't use it enough but i know how powerful it is it was Especially overrated as as you overrated. me that web
2: framework written in
1: PowerShell.
0: <laughs> you're never going to let me live that down
2: no uh, but other than that, I think it's a really great tool. I think it's rated fine in my head.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably rated. Uh, I think it's underrated for .NET developers, and maybe just rate underrated in general. Now that it's cross-platform, like there's PowerShell Core, again, still in its infancy, even more so than .NET Core. Like it's. Probably not even a year old, I think. But you can run PowerShell on Linux, Mac, Windows.
2: I enjoy not having to compile things.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: I don't like to know that I'm wrong <laughs> until it all blows up. So, <laughs> so if I can avoid compiling, then yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, Visual Studio Code does give you like IntelliSense with like some error, like gives you little underline errors like hey, this is probably not going to work or something like that. But yeah, you kind of don't know if it's going to work or not until you've done it, which kind of sucks.
1: Too much. Wild West, man. I want to see things burn to know that I messed something up.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: Well, this went longer than I expected it to. We actually went over. We're 10
0: minutes over.
2: I think I enjoyed this one the most.
1: Yeah? Yeah, it's nice not, I guess, not having to, you know, I guess, I don't want to say study. Like do a significant. portion. Y'all didn't study journey.
0: for this. What's wrong with y'all?
1: I've been studying all my life. <laughs> all
0: right. So I guess maybe next time we could do the same thing. Just one of y'all come up with the questions. All right. Okay. I took also all the good ones. So good though.
1: luck. I also don't hate the idea of doing like. It'd be difficult to do a live coding session, but like I guess we could do something not difficult and go through some things. I, I like that idea as well.
0: Yeah. All right, cool. Well, see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow, Later.
2: yeah. Yeah, bye.